What is going on, everybody? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got a repeat guest here, Danny Vega, for the third time in a row now, and we're going to be talking about the results of our three-month hypertrophy experiment, so get tuned in for this because it's going to blow your mind. How you doing, Danny? Good man, good. Hey, I want to know: Am I? Do I have the record for being the the most uh, most appearances on the Keto Savage podcast, or or do I not have that yet? Because I yeah, want that title. You you do, man. This is the third time on, so I think Crystal's been on twice. You've been on three times, so our, <laughs> our bromance is stronger than my romance. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Um, at least as far as podcasting goes, we'll draw the line there. <laughs> um, but shoot, man, how you been? Oh man, good. Really busy, you know, gearing up for Christmas and everything, but um, kind of getting fatigued already with the daily tracking, so I'm kind of happy to be done with it. Yes, yes. And and it, it was technically over on the 24th of this month, but we're kind of doing some traveling, so we called it quits a couple days earlier, uh, just so that we can have all the data and get it out to y'all. Um, let's give the audience like just a, a real quick recap of what this whole thing entails uh, in its entirety. Sounds good. All right. So basically, Danny and I set out to determine what is the be the best protocol from a, a macronutrient ratio profile of what would be the best protocol for, you know, ketogenic off season of like resulting in the most muscle growth with the least amount of fat gain. Basically, the whole goal was to figure out in an off season what's the best uh, ratio to have your macros at to have the most productive off season before you cut down again for you no know, a competition or something like that. Um, so we took a we, we took our our maintenance macros, which for me was at twenty five hundred, and Danny, you were at what? It was like twenty eight hundred. Yeah, twenty eight hundred, couple hundred. Twenty eight hundred and change. Yeah. yeah, and then we both took that and we we increased it by five hundred calories. So we had a five hundred calorie surplus. Um, the first month, we had all of those five hundred calories coming from additional protein sources. Um, the second month, we had all of those 500 calories coming from additional fat sources. And the third month, the month we just finished, all of those 500 calories were coming from a split right down the middle of protein and fat. Um, so the ratios broke down. Uh, I've, got, I've got the spreadsheet that we used pulled up here, so I'm just going to kind of read off some numbers. Um, so, for instance, my baseline was 2,518 calories, um, 222 grams of fat, 100. Actually, no, the, the first month, our ratios changed uh, to quite a bit more protein. Um, so mine were basically 66% of my calories coming from fat, which is much, much lower than I predominantly have mine at. Danny's was right there with me at 67.6%. Um, and we're going to talk about a bunch of numbers here, y'all. So kind of, you know, stay tuned, kind of just keep plugged in because we'll explain it as best as possible. Um, so that first month, our ratios are pretty much 66 to 67% fat. The second month, our ratios went up to 82% fat. Both of us were right at there at 82. And then the third month, we were at about 74, 75% fat. So pretty much all across the gamut of, you know, a high protein, uh, higher fat, and then right in the middle uh, to see what, what happens to the composition. And we tested daily. Uh, blood glucose, blood ketones, and for a while their breath ketones. Um, we also we kept our training constant, and we pretty much just manipulated our macros to see which would lead to the best, most favorable results. 
and uh, we're about to dive into that now. So, Danny, do you want to just go one month at a time? Like you talk about your first month, I'll talk about my first month, and then we just go to the second month and the third month? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I bet we'll have a lot to say about that first month. Yeah, I think so. So, first month was was all coming from protein. So, for instance, my macros were, um, let's see here. My macros were 222 grams of fat, 235 grams of protein. And all the while, we kept carbs at about 20 grams, um, total carbs 20 grams. So, my protein was higher than my fat, and Danny's was 250 fat and 260 protein. So his was also higher than his fat, which for both of us, we've always kind of favored a higher fat ratio. So this was kind of new for us. Um, and you want to just, just dive into what, what you experienced that first month, Danny? Well, I, I remember my first day, um, being fresh, not having eaten, you know, the macros I came in and my blood sugar was, uh, let's see, my first day blood sugar was actually 72. All right. And then my second day went up to 82 and my third day went up to 96 and I pretty much stayed um, in the mid to high 90s. I had one day that I was 102. Um, so right off the bat, higher blood glucose in the morning. Um, ketones went from 2.0 on the first day to 0.3 on the second day and they pretty much stayed between 0.2 and 0.4 most of that month. And with the exception of these some weird days where I had one 1.7 day and one 3.2 day and one 2.2 day, it, it, those, those were just flukes. Um, I was doing some things at the end where I was switching the order of my meals. So I was doing trickery where I would eat my dinner like at 4.30 and then I would have like a fatty coffee uh, decaf after and go for like a walk with the family. But that month was brutal. It was terrible because um, we, we had so much going on. And it was the worst time to to be <laughs> to be eating that high protein because I felt just the the least sharp that I've been in over a year and a half. I felt tired in the morning, and I know you'll have something to say about that too. I was I was sleeping in um, to from four to four thirty to five five a.m. Like I was I was just waking up later. Um, I felt like crap. I didn't feel motivated. When I did get in the gym, going heavy was okay, but I just felt just more tired and less motivated. And it, it was just like the whole month was just a drag, just a huge drag. And then at the end, I was rewarded. Um, and we'll talk about this more also, talking about the the um, in-body. And um, the in-body, I came in on September 30th. I was 12.7% on the in-body. And I was actually 10.6% on the DEXA scan, uh, which I got at the same time. Uh, my body weight was 241.6 with 123 pounds of skeletal muscle. And then on October 31st, the weird thing was that on my in-body, I, I came down to 9.2%. But on my DEXA, I went up to 11.9%. So I gained 1.3% uh, body fat on the DEXA, but apparently the in-body had me lose like you know, almost uh, a little bit over like 3.5% body fat. And my skeletal muscle went up from 123 to 125.7. And I ended up losing um, three pounds. Now, I, I think this is funny, because this in body, you know, I don't I've never liked it, just on my experience of it. But 
um, the real telling thing was that my measurements, you know, my measurements, I lost on everything. All of my muscles got at least, you know, 0.3 to 0.5 inches smaller sometimes, except my waist. My waist grew like, like half an inch, almost an inch. So that, that's my short and sweet, um, right off the top observation on the first month. Was your hunger more or less amplified with the first month? You know, it's funny. I, I, I usually, in the beginning when I first did keto, I noticed that I would get hungrier when I would eat a high-protein meal. Like if I would eat anything over like 60, 70 grams of protein, I would get hungry and tired after. But my body, I feel like as I got more adapted, um, and I think also when I, when I moved to like eating mostly meat, my body adapted to that. But um, I found that um, in this high-protein month, I was actually really full and I was um, – having to, to like, you know, force myself to eat stuff. And it wasn't just, it just wasn't, it wasn't as palatable because I had to, I had to do more like 90, 10 ground beef. I had to, I, I ended up doing some egg whites. I, I found ways to like make it better. Like I would do protein pancakes and things like that. But um, I, I didn't find myself being hungry or anything. I just, I, I was actually forcing food down. Yeah, I agree. I felt much more full throughout that month as well. I didn't feel hungry at all. Um, was there anything else that you noticed that was noteworthy? Um, I don't, you know, I, we both we both thought that, that this month, you know, maybe we put on some body fat, but maybe, you know, this extra protein is going to help us add some muscle. You know, we both thought that there would be a payoff, but in my experience, there was absolutely no payoff, and I would never recommend anyone go that high. Um, but I will say that you know i i know people that that are at really high protein like this and they do well um i would i would think that those are probably more the exception to the rule um but yeah i i just wish that there was a payoff but there really wasn't a payoff on this month i agree i agree i mean i i started at uh 183.2 pounds and by the end of the month i was 187.6 pounds and according to my end body, my um, my skeletal muscle mass actually went up by a whopping 0.4. Uh, <laughs> I, I anticipated much more than that, but but yeah, it, it didn't go up hardly any. But my body fat went from 14.2% to 16.7%. So it jumped up a uh, pretty good percentage there. 2.5, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't feel like the main difference that I noticed was just I, w I felt like crap. I would wake up and immediately I just I just felt like I needed to sleep more. I felt very unrested. My, I wasn't near as mentally sharp. I didn't have the mental clarity that you hear about on keto at all. That was totally gone. Um, I, I didn't feel so bad after I'd been up for a couple hours and was moving around, but there was definitely no jumping out of bed and hit the day hard from the get-go. Like I just felt much more lethargic upon waking and did not feel optimal at all. Um, and I felt much more bloated, like my stomach was more bloated. Um, I felt like I was retaining a lot more water weight. I just did not feel like a performance athlete at all. Um, I felt strong. I'm not going to lie there. I felt like I could go into a gym and move anything. Um, and I was having, like, my lips were all solid. So I felt strong there. But I don't think that feeling was worth it in the end if I only gained that little body, that little muscle. And I just felt that terrible throughout the whole month. So, <laughs> yeah, and I feel you. That. I feel you on that on that morning, man. Like it just your eyes feel heavier. 
and just it just was like a drag to get out of bed man and that that both of us that's like not our thing you know at all yeah and i felt like i felt more uh like i had more inflammation too like internally um, oh yeah that's another thing i had i was dealing with that um like a tendonitis in my left elbow and it kind of went away like a week into the second month really see I, I felt it more like in my head like i feel like i had more inflammation like in my sinus cavities and whatnot i just felt like i had some blockage and it was just like i don't know nothing nothing was optimal I, my joints hurt a little bit more i i i would not be able to recommend a higher protein that's why people that say they're on keto because their their carbs are low but then their their protein is you know greater than their fat that's just that's not true keto and it's not anything that i would ever recommend so that so moving on to the next month here next month which was 82 percent of our calories was coming from fat that put my macros at 277 grams of fat 110 grams of protein 20 grams of carbs that put danny at 305 grams of fat 135 grams of protein and 10 grams of carbs um talk about that one okay obviously we were excited to do this month because we were sick of eating all that protein, eating the leaner cuts of meat. Um, I found myself, it's funny because with the second month, I found myself being like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had a little bit more protein, you know, because I, I you know, I, I, I could eat a little bit more steak and stuff. But I, that month, I ended up doing a lot more pork belly, um, bacon, lots of egg yolks, like ground beef and egg yolks. Like people wonder how, I'm sure people wonder how we do these things where we, we adjust macros and stuff. And there's lots of tricks and, and one of my tricks that I used to get some fat in uh, into a meal without having to worry about like doing like a bulletproof coffee or, or anything like that is egg yolks, you know, because you get about a third of the protein with pretty much the same amount of fat. So I was doing lots of that. Um, I felt awesome. I felt the sharpness like both of us. I think we texted each other like one or two days in and both of us were like back like we were both back. I think our <laughs> our ketones in month two went to let's see here it went to um on day on the second month it was already like it started to wait this is the first this is the second one okay on the second one i my first day was 3.9 um millimole and and then 1.1 1.7 i had 5.8 now i started to get these higher readings our our breath ketone readings were like sky high it was a race it was definitely it wasn't even a race because robert I had, like, I had like, one day where I was 500 something. <laughs> Robert was like off the charts high. And I'm like, I'm here like 85, 100. And Robert's like, you know, on a low day, 150, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Real quick, like little caveat there. We we, we tested with the uh, the level device um, to, to measure the breath ketones, uh, the acetone levels. I honestly can't really figure out a correlation to that one. Uh I mean, definitely, I was getting like 503.3 in that second month, which was just like off the freaking charts. But could you tell a correlation? Like, could you make any sense of that, Danny? Only some days, because I would I would see that some days uh, my breath ketones were lower than the day before, but my blood ketones were higher than the day before, you know, and um, I'd have to look because I'm always looking on my phone and I'm not looking on the computer and the graphs may be easier, but no, there wasn't really that much predictability, but I think um, people will be interested in seeing the correlations or the, 
the possibility of any correlations. There, there, there are times when you see them, but I didn't really, I didn't really see that that much. Um, you know, I, I felt like my mental acuity was back. I felt my energy to be in the gym was back. Um, and just endurance. And, and I don't mean like running miles and miles. I just mean endurance, like for just, just being able to do lots of stuff, you know, um, that came back. And so that day, so at the end of that, that was, um, I, I went for, I went to 10.4% body fat on the in body and, um, my weight was up from the month before, two pounds from 237.9 to 239.7, my skeletal muscle remained the same. Um, and then it said that I gained 1.2% body fat from the month before. But I, again, it's, it's so volatile that, you know, if you can see, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you some screenshots, Robert, if you want to use them and see if, if they work. Um, but you'll see the, the second month there is still, you, you start to see after the second month, um, skeletal muscle, like there's a trend where the skeletal muscle goes up a little bit. And, and for the most part, cause I get to, I got to test myself at least twice a month because I, I, I had it for free. The in body was for free at my gym. I felt really good after month two. I wasn't sure if I was going to put on muscle or anything, but what I did like is that it's funny. My arms grew in the second month, my forearms and my and my arms grew by like half an inch. So a little bit, I think I was just a t- a, like 0.2 inches over baseline. So because I lost on my arms after the first month and then I gained after the second month. But you, I remember your, your results were a little bit different after the second month. Yeah, after, well, first of all, the second month for me, I mean, I, cause I, the, the thing that stood out the most from the first month was how much more tired I was. And I thought, you know, it was going to take like a week or so to get back to, to feeling good. Literally, the first morning after waking <laughs> up of the higher fat ratio, I felt like 100 bucks again. I was shocked at how fast I was able to bounce back to having that mental clarity and acuity. I mean, I woke up and it was running on all eight cylinders again. So that was that was a pleasant surprise for sure. Um, I lost the inflammation relatively quickly. I lost uh, some weight relatively quickly um, because I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was retaining as much water. I wasn't near as bloated. I just felt sharper. I I, I thought sharper. Um, my weight going into the second month was 187.2. Ending the second month was 185.4. Um, I just my strength. I didn't I didn't feel uh, any more or less strong. I felt good. Um, I just felt like I said sharper. According to the in body, my uh, skeletal muscle mass actually dropped a little bit it went from 91.5 to 90.2 and my percent body fat dropped as well so i went from 16.7 to 16.6 so i wasn't surprised that i lost body fat um, that second month because i definitely felt leaner i was surprised that i lost a little bit of muscle again according to the in body i'm not really sold on the thought that if I, I lost any muscle throughout this whole experiment because i mean we're at such a calorie surplus there's i don't think there's any way i lost muscle i haven't lost any strength really um no but yeah according to the in body there my body fat went down my muscle mass went down my weight went down but i felt the best for it for sure uh from like a productivity standpoint um my my ketones skyrocketed my blood glucose went down um I didn't mention this in the first month, but the first month my glucose continued to rise, my ketones continued to fall. 
in the second month, the inverse occurred. My ketones rose and my glucose fell, um, and my breath ketones uh, rose as well. I don't know what was going on with those breath ketones because, like Danny was saying, I had some days that were freaking 503. Uh, 259, 188. I'm yeah. looking 173. I mean, I'm, we got this whole thing graphed out. And you you scroll down to the very bottom of that spreadsheet, you look at that graph, and there's like this point that's way above, like three times <laughs> higher than everything else. And that was that one day I had like 503 breath ketones. Um, and I have no idea why, because I don't know. I didn't do anything different with my meals that day, so I have no idea why it was off the charts. Um, but I definitely felt better that month. Um, and my, yeah, so according to my percent body fat like i said it went from 16.7 to 16.6 so that dropped um which is is one of the reasons you know people always talk about you know if you need to lose weight you need to have a lower fat ratio which i disagree with i think uh yeah you know if you're trying to lose fat body fat uh, adipose tissue that higher fat ratio is advantageous that's that's what i've experienced in myself and that's what i've experienced in the far the vast majority of all my clients so i'm one of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we had your fat ratio way up there when you were doing that 6% challenge. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, I was like at 84, 83, 84 yeah. at the end. Yep, yep. So um, let's, let's just go through this last month here as well, and then we'll just kind of flesh out everything. Um, but going into this last month, like I said, our, our we pretty much just split the macros down the middle or the calories down the middle, um, proportion them accordingly. So I was at... 249.8 fat, 172.5 protein, 20 carbs, and Danny was at 277.8 um, fat, uh, 197.5 protein, and uh, 1020 carbs as well. And this this ratio pretty much brought us to like the 74, 75% fat ratio, which is the most common ketogenic diet ratio. Like most people gravitate towards the whole 75% fat. Uh, which, which I really want to stress that because this is probably what most people are doing, yet Danny and I experienced the worst results. <laughs> I know. So, so, so talk, talk, about, talk about your experience. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay, so I, I have lost weight. I have lost weight this month, um, and it's been in the last couple of days. I haven't changed anything. I've been, I've been more, way more strict with my food sources. Um, and they, you know, there's, there's this guy, Charles Washington, he's like a big zero carb advocate and he, he makes this joke, um, about people who eat only meat, you know, like only the lucky ones gain weight, um, yeah. because a lot of people tend to lose weight. Um, and I, and I think that's what's been happening because I, you know, I got my butcher box thing and I'm eating all this meat and, and I'm eating way less other stuff. Um, and so I've, I've gone, I started this month at 235.7. And I've been for the past, uh, well, I was 231.0. I forgot, I get, I'm looking at the spreadsheet. I forgot to, <laughs> forgot to, uh, to update it today, but I, I've been like 230.8, 230.6. So I, I've lost about five pounds this month. And, um, my breath ketones have been kind of all over the place this month, but for the most part up, you know, like they're, they look good. And, um, and my blood sugar has been really good too. I think I had my lowest, uh, no, just kidding. My lowest blood sugar since starting the experiment, um, which was like 75.6, but it's been for the most part in the eighties. You know, I've had a few days like this morning I went, um, 
I was 97 on my blood sugar, but I went a little bit over on protein yesterday. Um, and so I think that's what, what did it. But um, I feel the best this month out of the three months. And I, I think it just might be just because I do really well with meat. But, you know, I, I got an in-body on the 13th, which was about 20 days into it. Mm-hmm. And on, on that day, my in-body said that I had 9.7% body fat. I was 235.2. Now, mind you, these in-body numbers are where, you know, I I go in there like I had already had my – every time I've already had my coffee and then I, I you know, I, I go and do it. So I'm always a little bit heavier than I am first thing in the morning. Um, and so I was 235.2 last week with 124.3 skeletal muscle. I come in today because we have to do this podcast, so I want to make sure that I had all the newest data – I walk in a week later, 13.9% body fat, body weight 234.7, skeletal muscle 117. So in one week, I lost 6.8 pounds of muscle and I gained <laughs> <laughs> I gained uh, 4.2% body fat. So I don't know what I don't know what happened. Like if <laughs> if my if my blood sugar was higher and and my ketones were down, then it would be an obvious thing that you know I've just been eating ho-hos and, and <laughs> crap all week but that just goes to show like the variability i don't know what it is with that test but it's very variable um i would say like based on how i feel this is the this is the best balance um but i think honestly like there's you and i picked some different ratios i think there's a happy medium i think like 0.8 times your lean body mass in the protein um is a is a good number for me that would be right around 160 grams of protein versus what i'm eating 197 right now mm-hmm. i don't i don't really need that much protein at this at this point when when i start to eat that much protein it's more like it's enjoyable like it's like okay i get to eat 20 ounces of ribeye for dinner you know i get to eat 12 ounces of ground beef instead of like eight you know things like that yeah for sure I agree 100%. Like right now, I'm at 173 grams of protein, and I feel like I could probably totally drop it down to 150 and feel even better. Um, yeah. I don't feel like noticeably more energetic or less energetic this month compared to last month. Um, so as far as how I feel, it's pretty similar to how I felt with the higher fat ratio. Um, so both the second and the third month are significantly better in how I feel than the first month. Um I got my in-body done today as well, and I don't even think you've heard these numbers yet, Danny. Um, no, no, I haven't. So my weight went up um, today, for instance. I weighed in at 186.8. Um, let's see here. Let me get to the spreadsheet. So actually, my weight stayed about the same. I was 187 going into this month, um, and then I was 186.8 today. So my weight stayed the same. According to the in-body, I gained about uh, 2.7 pounds. I was 187.0 last in body, and then today I was 189.7. My skeletal muscle mass went from 90.2 to 88.8, so my muscle mass dropped. The biggest drop was in this month. Wow. My my percent body fat went from 16.6 to 18.7, so over a 2% increase in body fat this month. Um, I don't know why it's having you at 18.7, man. I don't... Yeah, there's no way that I'm 18.7% body fat. You're probably, you're honestly probably like at 12 or 13. 
Well, at the most. Yeah, yeah, because I've I've done a pinch test at the beginning of every month as well, and I haven't talked about those numbers yet, but I'll just read those off real quick. So at the beginning of the experiment, um, the pinch test had me at, uh, let's see here, at at the end of the first month, had me at 10.8% body fat, and then I dropped to 10.05%, and then today I was 12.43%. So it still shows about a 2% increase um, that correlates really well with the end body, but it has made, you know, 12.43 instead of 18.7. I think I'm much closer to 12 than I am 18. Um, yeah, no, you're 10 to 12, I mean 11 to 12 maybe. But they do and, I'm, and I'm like 10 to 12 too. Yeah, so I think uh, for some reason the end body has made a much higher body fat percentage, but it is interesting that on both the pinch test and the end body, I gained about 2% body fat uh, over this last month. Um, cause I, and I can see that, like, I definitely felt leaner in the high fat month and I definitely feel like I've gained some body fat this last month. Um, so yeah, of, of all the, of all the data though, this month I lost the most muscle and I don't think I gained the most body fat, but I pretty much tied that first month with the high protein of gained the most body fat. Um, so I definitely would not recommend having the higher protein ratio if your goal is to lose body fat basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um I think that if you are anywhere from the if I always like to do the multiplying by your body mass, like if you're in the, the 0.7 to 0.8 times your lean body mass range in pounds, and that would be probably like if you were like in kilograms, that would probably be like one point five to like one point seven times your weight in kilos um that would be that would be an optimal protein and then you know if you want to put on that muscle you add that fat and then you train very 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 intensely and then you have all the you have all the fat that you need to fuel those workouts if you're fat adapted and um and you just go from there i don't i i think we both agree that i don't think we need all that extra protein because we're just, if you're fat adapted, you're more efficient, you know, and it's not going to be used. It's not like protein's one of those things where what's going to happen if it's too much. You're one, a few things are going to happen. If you're eating all meat like me, you're going to go to the bathroom more often, which that tells me that, you know, my body's just, you know, getting rid of some of that, you know, and, and, and what happens, your, your, your body absorbs the protein and what it doesn't use is either going to be pulverized by the by the stomach acids or you know you run the risk of gluconeogenesis you know which is which is obviously less way less than some people make it to be and it all depends on how insulin sensitive you are and your metabolic health but you know at the same time you don't need these really really high numbers either yeah that's why i was thinking about that this morning actually because like coming you know looking back in my old you know, old style of bodybuilding days where I'd follow typical bro science and be eating 300 grams of protein a day. There is no way in the world my body's able to synthesize 300 grams of protein a day. Um, even before I got fat adapted, like it's just a total, total waste. Um, so yeah, definitely don't, don't do that. I like to think of of things in terms of what my fat ratio is. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, the first month I was at 66% of my calories were coming from fat, felt terrible, uh, got fat, Definitely don't recommend that. The second month, we were both at 82%. I felt the best then, 
Um, but I mean, my protein was only 110 grams, which is pretty low. Uh, this month, we're at 75%, and my protein was 173. I think going forward, um, what I would, I think my my individual personal optimal uh, ratio is between 78% fat and 80% fat. Maybe not as high as 82, but for muscle building purposes, I'm probably going to keep it around 78 to 80% fat, and then my protein around 140 to 150. That's good. Yeah, I, I would I would like the next time I do, let's say I decide that I want to add some muscle. Um, first, first thing, first takeaway is I like the fact that we did this for three months. Uh, regardless of the fact that we changed our ratios and everything, I think that if you want to add muscle, you, you should at least commit to it for three months. And um, next time, I'll just basically... I'll kind of stick to, uh, I'll stick to like, yeah, like a, about 155 to 165 protein for me. Actually, maybe even like up to 170. I, for me, like 0.8, that's about 165. So that's perfect for me. And then just, I would like like a 78% fat ratio and then see how I'm tolerating it because I'm noticing that I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when I start cutting some of this fat because I feel like lately my body is not, handling the fat as well like i'm having to go to the bathroom more um i'm i'm just maybe it's storing it i don't know i don't know so i'm gonna that's my hypothesis now let's see what happens when i cut the fat you know i i, I don't know it's i'm just I, i'm just curious you know because i love the high fat but i'm not sure if at this point um and we just had chris Irvin on the podcast to talk about it and that'll be out like probably like in a few weeks yeah i'm anxious so to I'm, hear that one so we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see. But definitely learned a lot. Yeah, I think uh, overarching theme. Like, so if somebody was to ask us, what are the top, what are the top five things that you learned from this three month experiment, Danny? What would you say? Okay, I would say for sure, um, you you need less protein than you think. That's the first one. Um, I would say that. Fat while muscle building as a keto person is very important. Um, and then I would say one of the, the third thing I would say is definitely just pay attention to how you feel, you know, and, and, and see the things that make you feel the best as well. Like the, the ratio that makes you feel the best is also going to be the one that's going to allow you to be sustainable. And then from there, just try to tweak and um and and be consistent like that that consistency to that that ratio as you get it um as you de de determine it you know that's going to be very important for you to to really and then of course track like we like we've been doing you know because we we, we have all these things we think this we think that and then we we see the results and we're just like whoa and the yeah. in body may not be that accurate but then we also had our body weight we also had how we felt we also had the measurements so yeah i agree oh one other thing that i want to talk about i got my blood i've gotten my blood work done oh yeah throughout this as well um so i did not have a baseline i didn't have a blood work panel done before starting so i don't have any any i kind of didn't even plan on doing this after we had already started but i got my blood work done on 11 3 and then 11 27 so that would be uh, after the first month and then after the second month. And then I got my blood work done again today, but I don't have those results back. I'll get those probably in a couple of days. 
but so between the higher fat ratio, um, I actually got them done again or four on five five two thousand seventeen. Um, but I'll just talk about these last two months. So my total cholesterol increased dramatically after the high protein month, um, and then when I switched to the high fat month, they fell. So I increased the fat substantially to eighty two percent. My total cholesterol improved. My HDL cholesterol actually dropped a little bit, but not much. My uh, LDL went from 162 to 145, and my triglycerides fell from 102 to 66. So all of wow, my biomarkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like going from the high protein to high fat. That first month, man, that, that's not, you know, when you get those trigs over 100, and you were at like, what, 43 after your, after your prep? After my, my, uh, after the four thousand calorie challenge, I was at thirty six. Thirty six. So you see, like that, those trigs are are an, an indicator. Uh, that's that's more important than anything. And look, they went up to one hundred two after just one month of that really high protein. Yep. <laughs> and again, I didn't have a baseline, so the at thirty six that was taken in, uh, you know, what is the fifth month? January, February, March, April, May. So that was taken in May. Um, so. I don't know where they started at the half protein month, but they definitely increased because then immediately as soon as I dropped or dropped the protein and increased the fat ratio, they dropped all the way to 66. So pretty noteworthy uh, change there. I'm excited to see if they've gone up or decreased with the increase in protein for this last month here. And I'll make a video explaining my results with that, but I thought that was very interesting for sure. I should have have done that, but... Whatever, too much going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it becomes like crazy to like track all the stuff every day. Um, so, looking, I mean, you think about it, though, like we tracked daily metrics for three months. You know, we stayed on top of our macros for three months. Um, you know, a competition prep is like four four months. Some people do it for three months, but I mean, we basically were as meticulous as you would need to be in a competition prep for three months. Not quite as meticulous, but we were pretty close. Yeah, and also we weren't suffering because we were in a surplus and we were eating a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have to deal with near like the hunger pains or anything, that, the mental mind game, so to speak. But we we tracked like we would be in a competition prep. So that that was kind of kind of keeps me sharp in the off season. You know, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, me too. So let's talk a little bit about um, what you want to do. What, what are you doing going forward? I, I know you kind of touched on your cutting strategy but just kind of flesh that out a little bit so uh i plan on for the next week just enjoying myself i'm gonna have keto desserts on christmas i'm gonna have keto sides i'm not i'm gonna eat more than just meat you know i mean i pretty much eat like most most days is just meat and then my coffee with fat so i'm gonna just you know just kick back this last week i'm off of work uh and then we're starting this experiment on january 1st that goes through like march 28th or something like that and basically what i'm what i wanted to do is um cut the fat and so i started with my i started i multiplied my body weight times a certain number to get my starting calories and that's what everybody in the experiment is going to be doing and then we all set our protein at 0.75 times lean body mass so for me, that's 158 grams of protein, and I'm gonna start with my with my fat at 260, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna cut fat every week 
like just a little bit of fat every week for eight weeks. On that eighth week, I'm going to um, keep the the fat at that number for the last month. So so I'm hitting a floor, and and that floor on a ratio perspective is right around 69, 70% fat. So it's still it's still kind of you know decent amount of fat, but it's it's you know for me it's low calorie. It's it's about like 2,200 calories. At the end of month one, um, which will be, you know, after, at the end of four weeks, we'll be doing a fat refeed every other week. So, um, like, that fat refeed is basically doing your macros from, from the first week. So, I'll, I'll get to eat 260 grams of fat a day when, when, like, at that point, I might be right around, let's say, at the end of the first month, I'll probably be right around, like, let's say, 215 grams of fat or something like that. And then as the fat goes down, I think the fat goes all the way down to like 175, 180 grams of fat for me, which is low. But at the same time, I have the fat refeed day. Um, so I, I, my hypothesis on what is going to happen is that I'm pretty much positive that I'm going to get really lean um, because you know, just is going to be caloric restriction and I'm going to have decent protein. I don't think I'm going to lose muscle or anything like that. But what I'm really interested in is my performance and how I'm going to feel, you know, because now I I have, you know, especially with you, when we, when we started, I I had you take over my diet. Um, We basically, you know, we lowered the protein and we only lowered the fat at the end. And, you know, even at the end, my fat was at 215. Protein was like at 75. And, um, I felt fine. Like my training felt fine. You know, the only thing that I was struggling with is the mental and that's just because it was my first time and I just, you know, not used to the discomfort. <laughs> I've never like, I've never been uncomfortable on a diet type of deal. Like I've always been like, okay, I just do a little bit more or cut a little bit here, a little bit there, and then I'll get lean. But I've never got I've probably never been leaner than like nine, ten percent. You know, so for me to get down to six point five percent, that was like I had to do that extra. Yeah. Now, I'm not like I don't have a body fat goal, which I think is great about this because it just helps me focus on hitting my macros every day. And you know, at the end of the experiment, I'll see where I land. And and then from there, I can I can be able to say. Based on someone's history and based on someone's, you know, experience, I'll be able to say, like, you know, maybe it would be better for this person, more beneficial for me to cut their fat or for me to cut their protein and leave the fat high. You know, that's that's what I that's what I plan to get from it. I am very curious to see because this is going to be pretty much uh, polar opposite to the strategy that you and I used for you to get down to six and a half. So I'm curious to see how how it affects you on all fronts, you know, mentally emotionally physically everything <laughs> that's the one i'm worried about the most is the is the mental and the uh and the performance and and who else doing it with you so basically you know it's on it's on the keto evangelist unlimited website so we got that that our membership site so we had i just put out a call to all the members anybody who's interested and um i have about at least 10 or 15 people that i'm going to do it with and um one of the members actually made because I, I wrote the, the article and it's, you know, you, you have access, Robert's, Robert's unlimited. <laughs> That's right. You have access to the, uh, to the website. You could see the, uh, the article that I wrote about, you know, why I'm doing this and how I'm going to do it. 
And, um, and then one of the members who's been involved with like statistics and she's, she's really good with Excel. Like you, she's like, Oh, here, I made the spreadsheet. So basically all the calculations on all the adjustments that I spoke about, um, she, she made a spreadsheet for it. And then what I did also is I, I created like some sample meal plans, um, like for a male and for a female. And then I, I basically pretended that was me. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically showed on that article, which is, again, that's another one that's on Keto Vandas Unlimited. I showed how I would cut the fat from that week because a lot of people are new to, to, to doing macros on their own. And um, you and I both give people a meal plan, but then we, we adjust their macros and we really only switch around the meal plans if, if they need help with it. You know, most of the time people find how to do it on their own. Right. So I just basically, since this is pretty straightforward, um, it's only fat and it's a little bit harder when it's only one macro. Like if it's only protein or if it's only fat, you have to be, it's harder when it's protein, right? Because it's like if you, if you cut like an ounce or two of, of meat or something, you're also going to cut some fat. So you're going to get that, have to add that fat back in. Mm-hmm. But when it, it's fat, it's, it's a little bit easier. So, um, so I gave an example of how I would do it for myself for the first eight weeks. And uh, we pretty much have it all set up for all of them to do. Um, and I don't know. I have a hard floor of uh, 1,300 calories. So some people some people um, were dipping like below 1,300 on like week five, some, some smaller people. And I was just like, well, you know what? In this, in this case, you have to stick with the macros of the – calories that you that keep you above 1300 for the rest of the experiment yeah i've got a hard floor at 1300 too i don't know i got that from you actually when i heard you talk about that i was like let me and i asked i asked people is there anybody whose calories are gonna go under 1300 because i was like you know what this could be an issue i don't want anybody you know having a diet where they're they're eating 1100 calories and sure enough there were people that were like under 1200 um and all that and so i was like okay for those people, the simple fix is that you will you will do the calories of uh, that take you right to thirteen hundred, no lower um, for the for those weeks, and then we'll we'll have those refeeds. So that'll help because that'll that's basically they're they're adding you know a good for most of them it's gonna be like thirty thirty five to forty percent more. Yeah calories mostly in fat and then for some people if it's if it's some people that that they they you know they their calories get too low then for them it'll be like a 25% more fat but still it's 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 good enough for them you know for sure for sure it's cool to have other people join in with you um i, I had one of my clients follow along with this hypertrophy experiment that we did for 3 months and they joined in on it too and they actually had similar results to what we got so oh cool yeah so they kind of mimicked the same they had the same thing they gained body fat the same months that we did and, and lost it the same months that we did so it wasn't just us as outliers i want to hear i want I, are you ready to to talk a little bit about the idea you've been kicking around <laughs> yeah i guess um that's not <laughs> i don't know how how tangible i'm gonna make that i, I don't know um so i had an experiment or i had a podcast with um uh one gentleman, Adam. yeah, Adam Capelner, and we talked about uh, basically killing cancer via you know extreme uh, you know hypoglycemia and you know regulating your ketones and your glucose and whatnot. And basically, the underlying theme there was that 
you know, if your your body in a ketogenic state is still going to be around, you know, 70 uh, milligrams per deciliter of glucose, even on the lower end, uh, which is enough to kind of prevent much cancer growth, but it's not really enough to kill cancer growth. In order to make that happen, you have to basically drop down to, he was illustrating, you know, subjects that had gotten down as low as 9 milligrams per deciliter. And and basically kind of what he was talking about, if you're in a keto-adapted state, your brain needs about 40, I don't I forget the exact numbers, but it's like 43 or 48 grams of, of carbs uh, to function. Um, it takes about 10 grams from the, the glycerol backbone. It takes about 20 grams from uh, skeletal muscle. Um, it winds up being about 30 net grams total. And the theory was, you know, if, if you're getting about 30 grams from 10 of which from the glycerol backbone, 20 from muscle, if you basically eat pure fat, then your body's going to burn about 20 grams worth of protein from your muscle a day to meet those demands. Um, so my theory or my idea was, okay, what if I supplement that 20 grams of protein and then just have the rest of my diet consist of fat uh, to see what would happen because I'm, I'm, I'm a bodybuilder, you know, I don't want to lose muscle. So I thought about, you know, and I would do this for a pretty short time. Like I thought about doing it for a week, basically just having a fat fast, a fat fast uh, for a week in which I eat pretty much 3,000 calories worth of pure fat plus an additional 20 to 40 grams of protein, probably in the form of like, a, you know, a collagen protein or something simple like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm playing around with the idea of doing that. Um, I might do that starting now i might just pretty much drink coffee and eat keto bricks for the next week (laughs) you know now after obviously after christmas yeah probably because i've got a wedding that i'm going to at at new year's plus i'm gonna be with the family for christmas but this would be like a a really short like i I would only do this for like a week just to kind of see how i feel um but i mean it would be like you know in theory it wouldn't it would make sense you know i could just pretty much and it would be a really good rebound after this three-month hypertrophy experiment basically just keep my calories at three thousand, but make pretty much ninety-nine point nine percent of them come from fat. That's gonna like help me lean down a little bit because I do feel like I'm carrying a little bit more fat right now. I, I don't need to be as fat as I am. There's there's definitely a point of diminishing returns in the off season of of having a, a you know a certain percentage of body fat. Like you gain some strength from having more weight and being at a surplus, but there's a point of diminishing returns in which your cardiovascular strength and endurance suffers so much that you're not able to perform the reps with the intensity that you need to, to capitalize on muscle growth there. So I think I've passed that point, and I just need to kind of reel it back in a little bit. I think between 10 and 12% is the ideal you know, ratio for the offseason, and I feel like I'm probably closer to 12% now, so I kind of want to reel it back and get closer to 10 yeah, I would say in, on a related note to that is that um, one thing that I've noticed, and I hate it because I'm really, I've had to get, not I've just had to get comfortable with this belly thing that I got going. I mean, it's not a belly, obviously. I'm not going to, you know, we still have six packs, whatever. But, but like this more amount of fat here where like if I don't flex, you don't really see like, you know, it's just like a flat <laughs> Whatever, whatever you want to call it. And I've had to be comfortable with that for three months. Yeah. You know, because it's basically piled it on pretty quickly. And, um, you know, having to hear my dad bug me and be like, why are you doing this? Stop with all this crap. Why do you do these experiments and blah, blah, blah. 
and um, and because you know before if I felt like I was just you know putting on some weight and I didn't like how I looked I would be like oh well, I gotta cut I gotta I gotta quick take some you know some action and like cut some calories or do this and um, that's not necessarily the best idea you know you gotta if you're committing to hypertrophy um, you know commit to hypertrophy I I, I remember at the end of my um, body fat thing my, my my lean mass was like 204 and you know my, my lean mass now it's probably like at 206 it was 205 after that first month so it was still up so you know if I if I can come out of this with like one or two pounds of lean mass more and then strategically cut and not under eat then you know the, 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 there's a net gain and however small it is is worth it yeah I agree and kind of to hinge off of that, um, I've learned a lot about this experiment that I would like to, you know, implement going forward from an off-season perspective. Like in the past, because like just a little bit of backstory here. Like as a natural bodybuilder, you you need to take more than just you need to compete, you know, fewer times than like if you're on steroids. Because like if you're on, you know, performance-enhancing drugs, your body's gonna recover quicker. So like, and you could do a few shows a year, easy. Yeah, but as a natural competitor, it takes a little bit more time to recover, and I generally spend a little bit more time dieting down for show so that I can, you know, retain more muscle. So I generally spend, you know, four to five months prepping for a competition. So if I spend half of a year at a caloric deficit, that leaves half of a year to build muscle, which is not really much time as a natural bodybuilder. Like, you need more than six months of, you know, surplus calories to build muscle and look better and improved each time you compete. So I'm going to take time off in between shows. In the past, what I would do is I would keep my calories at a consistent, you know, surplus. Like for instance, we've been at 3000 calories for, for me with a, you know, about a 500 calorie surplus over maintenance. And I would just maintain that for the entirety of my off season. What I'm thinking about doing now, because my theory is this, when you have that much of a surplus consistently over time, you're, you're inevitably going to gain some unnecessary body fat. Like it's just going to happen. What I yep. think I'm going to implement going forward is kind of cycle that. So, like, for instance, if my maintenance is 2,500 calories, what I'll do is I'll do, you know, work my way up to 3,000 and then spend a couple months working back down to, like, you know, 2,600 or 2,700. So still at a surplus, but not near the surplus that I'm at currently. That way it's kind of keeping my body guessing. It's kind of giving my uh, metabolic system something to kind of adjust to and not just become complacent with, and then it's going to maintain that muscle growth while not, um, you know, contributing to unnecessary fat gain. That's my that's my plan, kind of going forward. And you you were saying um, I didn't know because you talked about that, and I didn't know if you were. So it seems like what you're saying now is that you're you're going to taper up and taper down. I was thinking that you were going to do like a week, a week uh, like at let's say a week at twenty nine hundred, and then a week at like twenty seven hundred, twenty six hundred. You mean that you're gonna you're gonna build up to three thousand, then you're gonna build back down to twenty six hundred, then you're gonna build back up like that, right? Yeah, yeah. If even if like for instance, if my maintenance is twenty five hundred calories, I'm at three thousand now. If I was to drop immediately to twenty five hundred calories overnight, I would experience uh, a loss in strength. Even though I'm still like at a surplus, your yeah, body. Yeah, because that happened to you last time, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I just on a whim uh, before we started this experiment, I, I went like five hundred calorie drop, you know, over a week's time. Like that's not. That, that's that's going to catch up with you. I noticed a loss in strength. You know, there's like a two week lag time, 
but I still noticed it. Like anything you do needs to be gradual. So I would I would be very gradual with this. Like I'm probably going to cut down to you know 2,600 calories over the course of the next couple months. You know, dropping my calories by you know 25 or 50 uh, calories a week, but just be pretty gradual with it and not do anything drastic because people i mean you and i've talked about this before like if you're trying to reach a goal and you manipulate macros to the point where you're either adding or decreasing calories by you know 100 200 300 calories on a whim it's like your body is going to adjust to that and it's not going to be good yep yep that's one thing that 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 i really love and i actually you know i i i have learned from you man i learned and 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 that's the thing too is is um if if you're losing I've I noticed this with my clients like if they're losing weight and they're feeling good, it's okay to not change their macros. It's yeah. okay to leave them for another week, you know. Yep. Yeah. Why would I Why would I change their macros if their their body's obviously still responding to it's that minimal dose, you know, that minimum effective dose. Absolutely, absolutely. I generally change my macros on a weekly basis because I try to stay ahead of the curve. But if they've had like a you know more than expected drop then i won't change it like i'll let their body run its course there you know and and i think that's key you know very minuscule adjustments like i'll I'll, i may only adjust by five grams a week but that's all it takes yep same here um how much time we got uh i don't know (laughs) you don't know we'll just keep Um, rambling 10 15 minutes tops okay there's there's two things i want to touch on real quick one is that, Danny, you and I have, I mean, we have, I feel like we're pretty still s- small in the grand scheme of things, but a lot of people do follow us, listen to us, and kind of yeah, mimic what we do. So I want to kind of like have a little caveat thrown in here. When we make these experiments, we don't necessarily know the outcome. So like when we did this three-month experiment and we had like super high protein month, I heard of some people starting that high protein month because they thought it was the better thing we didn't necessarily oh, know yeah, yeah you know we, we don't know what the outcome is going to be and as we found out the high protein month is definitely not the preferred technique so i want to just kind of throw that out there as like a little safeguard for ourselves and for anybody interested in trying to do what we do we we fully advocate experimenting everybody's individual do what you want to do listen to your body figure out what happens and then learn from it but when danny and i do these experiments we don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what we prescribe as being the optimal technique in the moment. We're just kind of learning ourselves. Yeah, and to add on that is, um, you know, we understand that there's there's lots of flaws to, you know, these type of experiments, but they they give they still give really good information. Like, you know, if 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 I'm losing, um, if I'm losing body fat or I'm gaining body fat, then you know, if this was like a controlled study, this there would be like recalculations of the baseline and then you know recalculations of the the surplus but you know there's to be honest with that there's still so much guesswork as it is you know like we you know we don't we don't know and we talked about you know protein um brian and i have spoken about this how they measure protein and they basically look at nitrogen excretion and things like that and there's a lot of um you know even in protein and and certain macros you're not really sure what you're eating I mean, we can try, and, and a lot of the ways that I do that is, um, you know, I, I like to say, okay, for instance, with my clients, do you have Costco? <laughs> yeah. If you have Costco, that's awesome because then I can, I, I know the brands that you're going to get, and I want you to get the same brand every single time, mm-hmm. you know? 
because you can rely on those and you know that they create they're, they're preparing the food the same way every time and you can because you want as much consistency and as little variation as possible agreed agreed um and there's one other thing i want to touch on and that is i don't even know how long I, I'm, I'm probably gonna do like a full-blown youtube on this very topic because it's it's garnered a lot of attention here lately but some people are under the impression that you can't gain body fat from eating fat you know the whole fat oh, doesn't yeah. make you fat thing and there's two ways to look at that fat doesn't make you fat like on a very surface level you know view of like you know people think that you had to eat fat free in order to lose fat like from the whole ketogenic perspective yeah fat doesn't make you fat but if you dig deeper into it you know there's a lot to be said for macronutrients counting your macronutrients and i totally understand and respect the whole instinctive aspect of following a ketogenic lifestyle you know that's the beauty of the ketogenic lifestyle there's much more of a lag time with keto like you can get away with eating a surplus for a little bit longer than you can with you know if you're eating carbohydrates like if you're eating a surplus of carbohydrates you're going to respond to that negatively much sooner than you would if it was from from fat however fat just like any other macronutrient is just energy and if you're over consuming more energy than you're using you are inevitably going to gain fat at some point and that is different for every individual and you know law of thermodynamics here but like i you know i, I mean i was doing the 4000 calorie challenge right and i did not see near the body fat gain that i did with this challenge however i was coming out of a you know extreme deficit right to competition prep going into that 4,000 calorie challenge. Here I was pretty much at a maintenance level before increasing to 3,000 in the first place. And I just really want to emphasize the fact that, you know, sorry, my dog's making noise here. <laughs> I want to emphasize the fact that, you know, no matter what diet you're on, whether it's keto or if it's your macros or paleo or whole 30, whatever, if you're over consuming calories, no matter where those calories are coming from, it can potentially lead to body fat, and and people are under the like the the false thought that man, all kinds of stuffs going off. <laughs> the the false uh, thought that they can eat as many calories as they want on a ketogenic diet and get away with it without any repercussion. That's just not the case. You know, for every every input, there's got to be an output. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um. Yeah, man. And look, and we 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 didn't do cardio. You know, I've, I just started adding in cardio, and the cardio that I'm doing now is super low intensity, and I'm only doing like one hit day, and I'm 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 about to turn that up now that I got my rower. I got this rower this last week, uh, and I've only done like two workouts on it, but I'm really excited to get that back in gear. But um, it's it all depends. Like, look, if you're someone who's training your butt off and doing like intense lifting workouts, and you're doing some cardio, then yeah, you can eat all this fat, but like. Someone who is not even, they, they may not be able to move around as much because they're obese or, or things like that. They may not need all that fat, you know. So that, that's, that's for sure something to think about. You know, there's, there's always, like, there's a gray area. There's lots of gray areas. And um, we, I think, are on the same page when it comes to the fact that you don't need nearly as much protein as people say you do we do like our fat we do we're very uh, we're fat aficionados yeah <laughs> um, fat connoisseur <laughs> for sure but we also recognize that there's different approaches and that's why i like to kind of i like to talk about things that i know and i, I feel like too many people talk about things that they don't know and the only way to do that is to try it out for yourself and so i'm not gonna pr i'm not gonna play around with cyclic or or targeted because i just i don't I don't 
see the need for carbs and I like the idea of saying I haven't eaten sugar in over 10 years. I just like that idea. I want to be able to get that point. I know that that's going to translate into very lasting um, health things. And I like to be alive, but not only alive, I like to have a good quality of life. So yeah. that gets built over time and, and that's what we're doing. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Well, Danny, I know you got to go. Um, I know you've been on here three times now, so everybody should know about you and know how to find you. But if they don't know how to find you, where do they go to do that? Keto Counterculture, Facebook and Instagram, and, of course, our Fat Fueled Family YouTube channel. Um, and Keto Savage. You can find me on Keto Savage. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Keto Savage's YouTube here and there, and you can catch me on Keto Savage's podcast. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, man, I'm excited for what we got coming up in the future. Lots of exciting things coming up in 2018. We're both going to kill it, take the world by storm. But uh, till then, man, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas to you, to Crystal, and uh, enjoy your trip and enjoy the wedding, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. Tell the family I said howdy. I will, man. All right. See you, bud.